Welcome to the Strongstown United Methodist Church. Join us for worship each Sunday morning at 11. Here's this week's message. So now we come to the time of reading of the scripture, and we are going to have two scripture readings. The first one is Deuteronomy, and it is chapter 18, verses 15 through 20, and it is page 302 of your Pew Bible. these words from Deuteronomy. The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among your own brothers. You must listen to him, for this is what you asked for, asked of the Lord your God at Harrow on the day of the assembly when you said, Let us not hear the voice of the Lord our God, nor see this great fire any more, or we will die. The Lord said to me, What they say is good. I will raise up for them a prophet like you from among their brothers. I will put my words in his mouth and he will tell them everything I command him. If anyone does not listen to my words that the prophet speaks in my name, I myself will call him into account. But a prophet who presumes to speak in my name anything I have not commanded him to say, or a prophet who speaks in the name of other gods must be put to death. So now we're going to skip forward to Mark. Our second reading is in Mark, and it is chapter 1, verses 21 through 28, and that is on page 1552 of your Pew Bible. Hear these words from the Gospel of Mark. They went to Capernaum, and when the Sabbath came, Jesus went to the synagogue and began to teach. The people were amazed at his teaching, because he taught them as one who had authority, not as the teachers of the law. Just then, a man in their synagogue, who was possessed by an evil spirit, cried out, What do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are. You are the Holy One of God. Be quiet, Jesus said sternly. Come out of him. The evil spirit shook the man violently and came out of him with a shriek. The people were all so amazed that they asked each other, What is this? A new teaching and with authority. He even gives orders to evil spirits and they obey him. The news about him spread quickly over the whole region of Galilee. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Dear Lord, we pray that these words that we are studying here today are a blessing upon your people and that they touch their hearts as you see fit, that each one of them hear the message that you have for them, and that the words I speak here today are your words and not my words, and that these words are heard, that their ears be open, that their hearts be open and that their spirits be open to the Holy Spirit to give them the message that you have for them today. So we've been talking for the last couple weeks about God calling us and how to hear God. And, you know, we're a lot like Samuel. And sometimes we may not recognize the sound of God's voice, but Samuel had a mentor just like we have mentors in our life. 
pastors, parents, fellow friends and brothers and sisters in Christ. We've talked about running away from God and sometimes we don't want to listen. We say, no, not now. Or we ignore that calling and we go our own way. And, and that's, that's all part of our Christian walk, right? We talked about the type of grace that God gives us because grace is a gift. It is not something that we earn. It is a gift. And we talk about that grace that we're all born with, that God sows in our hearts, that we don't, that he like lavishes upon us, that we don't ask for, we don't deserve, we don't earn. He just lavishes it upon us, that prevenient grace, that grace that we're just born with, that grace of God reaching out to us, telling us that he loves us, him meeting us at every corner of our life. And then that's, that seed that he has planted in us sprouts. Somehow that sprouts and we start to think, what are, what are we? Why are we? What is my purpose? And then we start to reach back to God. And we start to want him. Right? And so now, now what was this one-sided relationship of God yearning for us becomes us yearning for him. Us reaching back to him and saying, I want you. And that is that sort of justifying grace where we, we like the, the fog clears and we see Jesus and we understand what he was for. We understand what he did for us. That some wise person said the other day, if you were the only person on earth, Jesus would have died for you. Right? If you were the only person on earth, Jesus would have went to that cross and died for you. And so we reach back and now we have this relationship with God. This two-way relationship where we can come and pray, where we can sit in his lap, where we can feel his loving arms around us. And we have this relationship and then we truly begin to grow. We have that sanctifying grace where we begin to grow. We begin to fill the house of the Lord with the Christ in us, right? That Christ in us that allows us to see the Christ in the people around us, right? To see that everyone around us is capable of redemption, is capable of being saved, is capable of knowing what we know having that loving relationship with God. And we know, when we look at, at, at Deuteronomy and it's talking about, I will raise up for you prophets. And there were many prophets after Moses, right? But Deuteronomy is specifically, for us as Christians, relating to Jesus. In, in the Gospel of John, when the teachers came out to see John the Baptist, they asked John the Baptist, are you Elijah? And he said, no, I'm not Elijah. And then they said, are you the prophet? And that's what they were referring to. They were referring to Deuteronomy because Deuteronomy is one of the books that the, that the Jewish people study. So they said, are you the prophet? And he's like, no, I'm not the prophet. But I'm clearing the way for the prophet because as it was foreordained, the scripture said, we have to clear the way for the prophet. And the prophet is Jesus. That's who we know. So we talked about, you know, 
Why are we being called? Well, we're being called, you know, because God loves us and we're being called to salvation because God wants his creations to have a relationship with us, right? So that's why we're being called. We're being called because God loves us. Where are we being called? We're being called to salvation so that we can have the relationship with God that God wants us to have. So that we can live for eternity in heaven with our creator, right? And so now we're, going to we're talking a little bit about who's calling us. So we know that, that from hundreds of years before Jesus walked in Deuteronomy, God ordained that Jesus would be raised up, that a prophet would be raised up, and that God would put his words in this prophet's mouth, right? And Jesus himself says, I'm speaking as my father has told me to speak, right? And so then we, we, we flip forward to our current, to our New Testament scripture, where even, even the spirits of the devil, even the evil spirits recognize who Jesus is, right? And even James says to us, when we talk about faith being alive or faith not being alive, says even demons have such faith as that, right? Even demons believe in God, right? But they don't put that belief to work the way we do. Right? They don't shine forth the light of Christ the way we do, even though they believe in God because they know that God exists. Even though this evil spirit that possessed that man understood who Jesus was, that he was the Holy One of God, there's no denying who's calling us. So if you ever wonder, like, well, who was Jesus? He's the Holy One of God. That's the one who went to the cross for us. And that's our obligation of salvation is to our brothers and sisters. We need to fill our hearts so much with God in us that we pour God back out from us. We bring more of God into us so that we can pour more of God out to us. Because who is Christ? Who is Jesus? The Holy One of God. And, and people talk about in scripture time and time again you hear he talked with such authority. He must have talked with such authority because he's the word of God become flesh. He's the ultimate authority. He didn't teach as the teachers taught, right? It says he didn't teach as the teachers taught. He taught with such authority. And then when he performed this miracle of casting out this evil spirit from this man, Imagine that, being in church and an evil spirit being cast out from somebody right in front of you. Like, that had to be amazing to, to witness. And here these people are witnessing. And, and again and again and again as you read through Mark, miracle after miracle after miracle. And what else do we hear Jesus say time and time again as he heals the lepers, as he heals the blind people, as he heals the woman who just touched his garment who had been bleeding? What does he say to them? Your faith has healed you. And what that means to us today in the 21st century, those of us who have faith, we know that we are healed. We know our God doesn't expect us to be perfect, but we know we're healed. We know the end of the story. We know that we have eternal life in heaven with our Father. We've claimed our sonship because we've claimed Jesus Christ as our Savior. We've claimed him 
because we know him as the Holy One of God. And that gives us great joy. Through all the challenges and through all the happiness, we have that joy. And that's why we can pray continually. That's why we give thanks always in all circumstances, whether they're good or they're bad. That's why we give thanks, because we know that we are saved. And we know our God, like the great parent that he is, doesn't expect us to be perfect. Because no matter how old we get, we are still children of his. We are still unfinished, as that wonderful Christian song says, right? We are all unfinished, and we are all still works in progress. And so if we pick one small part of ourselves to work on, and we get that down, we pick another small part of ourselves to work on, and we get that down, pretty soon we're just... Again, bringing more of God into us to spread more of God out to us. Because we know in these dark times, and they are dark times, the world needs us more than ever to be Christians. To be Christians and to love one another. Love and forgive. Love and forgive. Recognize that everyone you meet is capable of being saved, even if they don't accept it. Even if they're doing bad things, the person who's hurt you, forgive them. It's the Lord's vengeance. It's the Lord to contend with them. Don't let pride get in your way. When someone hits you on the cheek, you turn your face and give them the other cheek. You know, that was the revolutionary idea that Jesus brought to this earth, right? Love your neighbor like yourself. Turn the other cheek. Right? Walk two miles instead of one. Give your, give your neighbor the, the rest of their garment. Right? Those were revolutionary ideas that Jesus brought to this earth. And he came here to save us, not to judge us. He will come again in judgment, and we all know that. But that's not why he came the first time. He came to save us. So if he came to save us the first time and he's telling you, love your brother, forgive, forgive. Look how he forgave, right? Look how he forgave. When they put the crown of thorns on his head, he didn't say, you're killing the son of God, right? He didn't recriminate them. He's praying in his heart, forgive them, Father. You know, he is doing, obeying God and going to the cross to save each one of us, each one of them who lived at that time, every soul who's ever walked and ever gone to walk as we are sinners and forgiving us, forgiving us knowing that we are sinners. And we need to be able to do that to the people in our circles because each of you can touch a circle of people that the other person can't touch. And as you touch a circle, and you touch a circle, and I touch a circle, pretty soon we have all these circles of people that we are touching through our forgiveness, through our compassion, through our love and our gentleness, through our joy, through our praise. You know, when someone says, you know, thank you, you say, praise God, right? 
Thank you for doing this for me. Say, praise God. I'm an emissary of God. You're an emissary of God. You're an emissary of God. We are all ambassadors of Jesus Christ. So when someone thanks you, say, praise God. For it wasn't me that did it, but Christ in me that did it. Because once you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you were made new. You were made new. And you can act new. And you can act different. And if people see that in you, wonderful. Why are you so different? Praise God that I'm different. Because Jesus is in me. Right? And so we know now who's calling us. We know why he's called us. And we know where he's called us. And now our walk is the walk of a full-time Christian service. Because in every church across this country, we are filled with Christian people who are to go out and shine the light of Christ in their lives to the people who need it most, to those who are suffering, to those who are afraid, to those in need. And the rest of it, who cares about? Because we have enough work to do to just minister to the needy and the hurting that we experience every day in our own lives. And when we turn towards helping those people who are hurting, and we turn to helping those people that are needy, all of a sudden, we don't hurt as much. All of a sudden, we're not as needy. All of a sudden, we feel better. And that's not by accident. That's because Christ is working in you. Because God is watching out for you. Because he's smiling upon you, his providence. Because you're doing what a good child is to do. The work of his father. 